Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Miles Away. This is your host, Zach Honig. Today on Miles Away, we are talking about Croatia, which has become a hot spot over the last few years. We have our social media editor, Samantha Rosen, here with us today. Welcome, Sam. Thanks, Zach. And this is your, I think, your third time on the podcast? Welcome back. Thank you. And we have our travel editor, Melanie Lieberman. Hello. Thanks for having me. Welcome to Miles Away. Hi. Good to be here. So you've both been to Croatia, and I have not, but I really want to go. I'm going to say by 2020, end of 2020, I'm going to make it to Croatia. You definitely should. By the end of this podcast, I and hopefully all the listeners are going to have some hotspots to visit within a, you know one of the more popular destinations within Europe recently. And one reason it's become really popular is because there are a lot of shooting locations for this famous HBO show I have yet to really see. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Also same. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, Game of Thrones. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll touch on that just a little bit, but there's a lot more to see there. So, Sam, you were there in Croatia, what was it, about a year ago or so? Yeah, I was there in August. Okay. So, almost a year. Yep. And And where did you go? I went to Dubrovnik, and then my best friend and I took a bus to Split. So, I flew into Dubrovnik. Do you say that's the main gateway in, to Croatia? Well, actually, Split is the bigger city, which I didn't know either until I was there. But Dubrovnik, I think, is more famous. Most people fly into there. There's also a lot more sightseeing to see and do. Okay. Walk me through those two destinations real yep. quick. Just, you know, why did you choose those two? Totally. My friend and I were just looking for a fun, easy kind of mix of, like, sightseeing, but also you want to just lay on the beach and, like, not do anything <laughs> for a vacation. So we landed on Croatia. We just thought it was really beautiful. It wasn't as touristy as like London or France or something like that, even though like it still is pretty touristy. And we'd been to a bunch of other destinations in Europe already. So it was kind of one that we had heard a lot about. We heard good things and we we're like, let's give that a try. So Dubrovnik is the one that I think is more like a sightseeing city. So there's the city walls, which were built, I want to say, in like the 1500s or something really, really, really old. Are they um, all still intact? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can walk them which I highly recommend doing if you go and go early, especially if you're there over the summer because it gets hot with a capital H. And you'll want to also get tickets. I believe it was like $10 to go in. So definitely take a few hours in the morning to go do that. Walk around the city center. It looks like it's like out of a movie. Like you'll feel like you're like in like a Disney set or something like that. Like it doesn't feel real. And Split is more, it's a beach destination. Yep. So Split, we did a little bit of sightseeing, but a lot of the time we really just like sat on the beach. We went to go eat some good food, drank a lot of wine, you know, that kind of thing. It was more of like the chill, relaxing end of our trip. Mm -hmm. And Melanie, I know that you went, I followed you on Instagram and it seems like you had a very active vacation. You did a lot of hiking. Yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) We did definitely a less traditional tour of Croatia. We went to a handful of national parks in the area. 
we did some hiking, rock climbing. It was very active. I was very tired <laughs> at the end of it. But it I was feel amazing. so lazy. I'm like, I sat on the beach and like drank wine and Melody's like, I, I went we, hiking. We drank lots of wine too. Okay, I think I feel every hike now. should end with a glass of wine. <laughs> I <but>. agree. <laughs> Sounds like there's a lot for, for everyone. I mean, if you want to yeah. have a really active vacation or you just want to sit on the beach, you know, those are both options there. One thing I discovered after going to Croatia, which kind of surprised me, is how diverse it is and how little some of those attractions are talked about outside of really niche circles. Croatia is actually really famous in the rock climbing community, but unless you're involved in that community, you don't necessarily hear about it. And you don't have to rock climb to take advantage of how beautiful these parks are. I mean, the hiking is actually really stunning and very accessible. So how did you decide to go to Croatia? Well, funny story. I saw a flight deal on this website called thepointsguy.com. I know it. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of it before. You've heard I've of booked it. one or two of those. Yeah. So uh, we posted a flight deal and I got $250 round trip tickets to oh, Croatia. Wow. And it's actually one of my favorite ways to travel because you go Not to destinations. paying desti- a lot of money. I like well, that. definitely. <laughs> I mean, sure. Definitely. Me. Yeah. But it kind <laughs> of inspired us to go to this place we didn't know all that much about. I have to admit, I don't watch Game of Thrones. I don't know much about Game of Thrones locations. And I had not really done a lot of research on Croatia. But we saw this crazy flight deal. Cannot turn up. $250 round trip tickets to oh, Europe, no. anywhere in Europe. So we booked the tickets and we went. Like I said, we kind of started doing some research, wanted to do a lot of hiking. And that's how we ended up going to the locations we did. Your trip was this year, right? Yep. We were there in February. Okay. Was it cold? It was not warm, but it was not as cold as you would expect it to be. It was pretty mild. We were in sort of central Croatia, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was mostly high 50s, low 60s. It was very mild for winter, uh, especially compared to New York City or anywhere else. Did you make it to Dubrovnik as well? We did not, Oh, So So were you in in a city, or are you just kind of in the... Really, we flew into Zagreb, and then we rented a car and drove around. So what is Zagreb like? Zagreb is quite lovely. We didn't spend a lot of time there, to be honest. It's a very pretty city. There are some historic hotels that are lovely. Uh, We stayed at the Esplanade Hotel, which I think is a 1925 property that was built sort of to serve the Orient Express travelers who Mm -hmm. are coming through. So you have a lot of that really rich European architecture and culture, uh, a lot of great museums. It's very walkable, very easy to get around. There's a train. It's very lovely. <laughs> yes. So th- there's been a lot of hype, I would say, about Croatia recently. Definitely. It's still a pretty reasonably priced country to visit, right? I mean, you're not going to spend a ton of money compared to maybe some other... I think it depends where you are. Like, for example, when I was in Dubrovnik, the points hotels in both points and cash were insane. And my friend and I end up staying at like some like random hotel, like not really on the outskirts, but like it was like a 10, 15 minute walk to like the center of the city. I think Split was a little bit more reasonable, but Dubrovnik was expensive. Would you say it lived up to the hype, though? Would yes you go and back? no. Personally, I like Split better than Dubrovnik. Interestingly enough, when my friend and I, we took a car and our driver was from Split, and he was saying that it's like a kind of well-known thing that, you know, some of the people there, you know, are just not the most welcoming to tourists. I see. Okay. So I, I would say that it does live up to the hype in terms of, like, the architecture, and it's beautiful. Like, you walk around, and you're... You think to yourself like 500 times, like, how is this place real? What did you find, Melanie? Yeah, I 
think I benefited from not knowing all that much <laughs> walking into it. It is one of my preferred ways to travel just because you're pleasantly surprised sort of no matter what. And having gone to destinations that people don't talk about that much. So the trio of parks we went to really don't get a lot of attention outside of Europe. Or like I said, outside of these niche communities. So I was stunned. I was really surprised that I had never heard about these destinations before. And I had been warned ahead of time about Croatian hospitality being sort of unexpected. Everybody we met was super helpful, very hospitable. But after you approach them, there's not that kind of warmth that you get in other places. Um, it's not like, Melanie, you're from America. Tell me your story. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, it, I, I was very fond of that, to be honest. So we stayed at Airbnbs and all of the hosts, you know, came out, introduced themselves, made sure we were okay, and then really left left us alone. And it was very much that we're here if you need us. If you don't need us, enjoy your trip. So it's a different type of hospitality. And which national parks did you choose? And why, why did you choose those in particular? So we went to three national parks. We went to North Velibet. We went to Paklenica. And we went to Plitvis which is one of the most famous national parks. If you've heard of any Croatian national parks, it's probably that one. It's the turquoise lakes. They're, Your pictures were incredible. It yeah. is impossible to take a bad picture. Uh, it is a really stunning destination. We also went to uh, Paklenica, which is the rock climbing mecca of Europe, are you arguably. Are you a rock climber? We haven't talked about this, but... <laughs> <laughs> I rock climb. Okay. I did you dabble in the rock climbing. Ship? Yes, we did. did. Okay. So we had our packs with all of wow. our ropes and protection. And yeah, it was the first time I've ever traveled to rock climb. So <laughs> I like to hike, but rock climbing is maybe a step beyond my capabilities, perhaps, yeah. besides maybe in a gym and like a six to eight foot rock climbing wall. I <laughs> but <laughs> maybe we'll go up to 10 feet. But <laughs> what were the hikes like? You know, is, is this a challenging hiking destination? Is this something like, can you pair, you know, a beach trip to split with a like beginner's hike totally. elsewhere in the country? So Paklenica, which is the rock climbing park that I mentioned, also has a lot of great hiking trails and they vary. There's a footpath that goes well into the park. And there's also some extremely, not technical, but very difficult hiking as well. Mm -hmm. You will be advised by park workers about what the conditions are. And we actually wanted to try a hike. And we were told, you do not have time for that. You do not know the terrain. We do not recommend that. And we were a, a little turned off. We were sort of like, we, I mean, we are big hikers. This is not unfamiliar we can do this, us. Right. We can do this, totally. Yeah. And we did one of the shorter trails she recommended, and it was very difficult. It was quite a surprise to us. So, you know, definitely heed the advice of the National Park guides. Mm. I mean, one of the good things about Paklanitsa is that you can watch all the rock climbers. You don't have to actually rock climb, but you sort of walk through a gorge where you can watch people climb, which can be fun. It actually sounds a little bit like Yosemite in, in California. Um, as you're doing hikes, I mean, you can, you can see rock climbers all around. And this is obviously something that, you know, is for a lot more advanced rock climbers, but uh, you can climb up El Capitan there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there is a big wall in Croatia at this national park that they call the El Cap of Europe. Re okay. And you can hike up the back of it if you're not a rock climber and watch people climb up. It's popular with the pros. Very popular with the pros, yes. The last park we went to was North Velibit. The Velibit Mountains are actually, Paklenica is part of the Velibit 
mountains as well, but North Elba is a separate park. On the other side of the mountain range, it's a lot colder. So this was the one park, even as we were driving, the temperature dropped maybe 15 degrees as we worked our way up. We were able to drive around, enjoy some of the scenery, but no hiking to be had there. Did you plan it all out, like your overnight accommodations in advance and everything? Or was it kind of just, we're going to wing it and see where we can go and then, you know, figure it out once we need somewhere to crash? Yeah, we... We did plan it out. We had Airbnbs booked uh, and a couple hotels on either end. So we had a plan, but we had kind of placed our accommodations in some of the coastal towns around the national parks because we didn't know what the weather would be like. We wanted to give ourselves some flexibility. So when we went to Velibit and found that we couldn't do any hiking there, we actually drove back and did another day in Apeklanitsa. So I am most definitely not a hiker. <laughs> and um, my friend and I stopped at called Kirka National Park. So Kirka is about an hour and a half drive from Split, so not really that far, and it's like a good day trip if, you know, you're in Split for a few days and have some time in your schedule. Just full of waterfalls and, like, nature, and I admittedly am not a nature person at all, but, you know, it was just beautiful, and the whole park has, like, a walking trail. You're on, like, flatland, <laughs> unless there's stairs. So definitely recommend that one if you're not really into hiking or you're a beginner, but like you kind of want to like see Croatia. <laughs> what, what was the food like? I mean, I know that you, you are our go-to foodie in the office. <laughs> I hope that's a good thing. Um, Enlighten the, me. The food was really good. So like the food was kind of a mix of like Italian food, like pastas, and then also Mediterranean foods, like more like fish and, you know, olive oil, that kind of thing. Croatia is a little bit more north of the Mediterranean Sea. It's on the Adriatic Sea but it definitely has those Mediterranean influences. Weirdly enough, my friend and I had sushi one night in Split, and it was absolutely delicious. Like, I think all of the food there is very fresh. It's very, like, local. It's definitely a good food option, and in my opinion, kind of underrated. I think most people think of, like, Italy or France for having really good food in Europe, but um, if you plan your vacations based on where you're eating, like me, <laughs> I would definitely recommend I looking into Croatia. It. There are a lot of European influences. Actually, a lot of the menus are in yeah. German, too. So there's a lot of German influence, yep. Hungarian. Um, totally. A lot of meat, potatoes, and seafood. <laughs> and and Can't go wrong with that. Dubrovnik uh, and Zagreb. How does the food compare? I mean, is it all pretty consistent, just kind of that, that hybrid? I found that it changed quite a bit depending on where you were, uh, especially if you're along the coast. It's very seafood-heavy. More Like Sam said, a lot of Mediterranean influences, a lot of olive oils and uh, citrus accents but then when you are more inland it can change quite a bit croatia's history is very interesting yeah. i did some googling because the language is feels like a lot of different things but like nothing you've ever heard before and the foods are kind of a lot of things that you sort of recognize but not in that way so uh you can get a lot of there's a lot of italian a lot of german just depending on where you are you can get quite different food. Does everybody speak English? Were you able to converse with you know everyone that you wanted to at the national parks and in the cities? And your experience is probably totally different. Yeah, than I, I think. I mean, in, in Zagreb, it was not a problem. Everybody spoke English. We were in some smaller towns. You know, we'd stop, pull off in the middle of nowhere to us, really, and grab dinner. And there, we got by with some German. Uh, 
stuff. Thank my boyfriend. I was going to say, you yeah. speak German? Yeah. I don't speak. I was useless on this trip, actually. <laughs> I was completely useless. Um, I managed to learn maybe one and a half words in Croatian the entire time. Right. I think as long as you wave and smile, they get the idea. People knew I was trying. This is the, the wave is the universal. The, exactly. <laughs> so we, we had a tough time. We did a lot of grocery shopping because we were in Airbnbs. A lot of pointing and smiling and nodding, and <laughs> it was it was not our best show, but <laughs> we figured it out. We we got through. Good. Can you use credit cards pretty much everywhere you go there, or is it pretty is it cash heavy? I know Sam, you actually had an ATM story, if if I recall. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely have some cash with you ahead of time for sure. I think I feel like most places in Europe, though, that's kind of like a good rule of thumb is they're not as reliant on credit cards as we are in the U.S. So definitely take some cash out before you get there. What currency do they do they use? So they use the kuna in Croatia. That's it. Um, I remember it being a really good exchange rate too. So even though things were expensive, I believe that like you were getting a lot of bang for your buck. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about points and miles for your trip to Croatia. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, Melanie, you, you stayed at some Airbnbs, and Sam, you, you did hotels for yes. your stay. And how did you book them? So, I booked all my hotels just through going through TripAdvisor. Um, like I mentioned before, the hotels, especially in Dubrovnik, were really, really expensive, even with points. You know, usually I'll try to stay at, like, a chain hotel. I just like the hospitality of it, and, you know, you kind of know what to expect on some level, and you get the points. Duh. This time I was like, oh, let's try something else out. So my friend and I looked through TripAdvisor and I think Yelp even, just you know anything that we could come across on Google. We made sure all the pictures look good. And my philosophy with hotels is as long that it's clean, it's safe, it's in a good area. Um, you know, if I'm not really going to be spending most of my time in the hotel, I don't need to stay at some super luxurious, you know, whatever and not really be there i want to get my money's worth if i am going to stay in one of those and kind of just camp out there however i did use points to book my flight there so i transferred fifty-eight thousand amex points to aeroplan which is really good for finding star alliance award availability which means using your points to book a flight um and some star alliance airlines are united um, Lufthansa, I flew Turkish Airlines. If you have any questions on this, I actually wrote an article for the site about how I use points to fly to <laughs> Europe's trendiest destination of the summer. So very on brand. And I flew Turkish Airlines and it was honestly one of the best business class experiences ever. The food was so good. It's like, so fun. They, they bring yeah. out those little candles, right? Yeah, it was, oh, I man. was like, this is a candle that's in our like 35,000 feet in the sky. It was It was unreal. So highly, highly recommend. I had a short layover in Istanbul and then just like hopped on the plane to Dubrovnik. And it was a really, really great experience. I had been saving up those points. I knew I wanted to go on like a fun vacation and, you know, especially like I think it was about a nine hour flight or something. So I knew I wanted to like be comfortable and try to sleep a little. So I had most of my points that I'd accumulated from the Amex Platinum sign up bonus that I had gotten a few 
months before. So I used the points that I got for my Amex Platinum sign-up bonus. So they really came in handy. Yeah. I, I mean, you went, so you were in August. You went in August, right? Yeah, I went in August. Which is definitely peak season yes. for anywhere in Europe. Yeah. And so it can be challenging to find a word availability in economy. Yeah. But because business travelers are not flying as right. much in the summer, business class can actually be available. I mean, yeah, You might definitely. find awards in the summer that you can't even get you know, off season. Totally. And weirdly enough, we kind of booked the trip last minute. I think we booked it like not even a month out. As far as I remember, the award availability, there was a lot of it. So it wasn't that difficult to find something that, you know, kind of worked with our schedules. So you, you probably paid uh, close to, you know, to as much in, just in taxes and fees, at least for the return, perhaps, as Melanie did for her entire economy <laughs> trip. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, obviously, you can't every day just go and look for a flight to Croatia and find it for $250. You have to wait for these deals to come around. Yep, exactly. But if you follow the points guy, I mean, we find deals constantly and we post them every day, sometimes several deals a day. So Absolutely. if you follow us on Twitter uh, and Facebook, I mean, you'll, you'll find those deals pretty quickly. Follow us on all the social platforms. <laughs> Shameless them. plug. Which airline did you fly, Melanie? We flew British Airways. Ah, uh, okay. Which what? was fine. Perfectly the fine. Airline. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we flew from Newark through London to Zagreb. And then on the way back, we flew from Zagreb through London to JFK, which was, you know, one of the, the deals of the deal. It was not the ideal itinerary, uh, it was economy, but it was so cheap that we bought snacks you know <laughs> oh yeah no i've done i've done a few of those i actually did, i did a french trip to paris once and we paid i think it was 190 dollars, and i suffered through and i was a-okay <laughs> you, you'll always survive and then you get there <laughs> and when you got there you so you stayed in, in how many different airbnbs we stayed in three different airbnbs and we stayed in one hotel uh when we came back to zagreb we spent the night there and we stayed in the esplanade hotel which i mentioned earlier that was our splurge we figured we got there so cheap in Croatia, in the areas we were staying at, points hotels were not an option. There were a couple independent hotels that did not look outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding, And because it was off-season, a lot of them weren't open. So our options were pretty limited to Airbnb outside of the major cities. But then when we're in Zagreb, there was a Canopy Hotel that we considered. Uh, That's but, Hilton, I think, right? Yep, okay. exactly. But we ended up going to the Esplanade because it is a history it buff fancy. stream. It was very fancy. It was surprisingly fancy. It was quite nice. The, you know, it's the kind of hotel with like a bowl of oranges in the hallway. Just oh, that's when you know. <laughs> that's when you know that you paid too much money for a hotel because <laughs> they have the oranges. <laughs> how many? How many oranges did you have? So many oranges. <laughs> Had to remember to check my bag on the way to oh, the yeah. airport. Oh yeah. Oh, be careful. Yeah, oh, you yeah. can't come back into the U.S. with oranges no. from your hotel or apples, in fruits of any kind. That's a good tip. Yeah. It is a good tip. You could get fined five hundred dollars. <laughs> so were, were there abundant Airbnbs or was it fairly limited? And are these rooms in like other people's houses or the entire homes you know what were you finding it really varied we ended up with three very lovely airbnbs one of which was something that probably would have been lovely in the summer it was a private apartment in a building i think a two-family home uh, with a huge deck overlooking the coast on a super clear day the owner said you can see some of the islands off in the distance we did not have a super clear day, but I could see what he meant. It was a very nice private apartment. We stayed at another Airbnb that was not quite as nice, but they were all very comfortable, all very clean, you know, things that you really need to have in an Airbnb. We felt safe. Like I said, the host came out to greet us at all of the Airbnbs and make sure we were settled and had everything we needed. So Were they pretty reasonably priced? Yeah. Okay. We booked them a little last minute. 
which didn't help. I imagine they're very expensive during the peak season. That's right. Yeah, you went off season. Yeah, so and I, I say they were they were reasonable in the off season, so I imagine they are extremely expensive. It's so funny. <laughs> I I never really thought of Croatia as an expensive destination to yeah. visit as a tourist, but it, it sounds like it kind of is. It, yeah, it is. Like I said, for me, it was not an inexpensive vacation when right. you take the flight deal off of it, but that was in February. That was in winter, so. I would say overall, like if you're a budget traveler and you want to go to Croatia, make sure you go like off peak. You go in the summertime, like there's no way around it. That's definitely what I'm going to do. Well, some food for thought for my first trip to Croatia. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining. Of course. Melanie, if if someone wants to follow along on your adventures, where can they find you on social media? They can find me at Melanie Taryn. That is my Instagram. That is my Twitter. How do you spell Taryn? T-A-R-Y-N. And Ooh. Sam. Uh, so my Instagram is Samantha underscore Rosen. And then Twitter is Samantha Rosen underscore. It really bothers me and my OCD, but got to learn to live with it. Oh, man. And I do manage <laughs> all of the Points Guys social media. So please, please, please follow us there. I will be very happy if you do. And we have some UK accounts. The TPG yes. uh, UK site yep. launched. We have recently. our Instagram and our Twitter account and our Facebook account as well. So make sure to follow us everywhere. That's all for this episode of Miles Away. Thanks again to Sam Rosen and Melanie Lieberman. Again, I am your host, Zach Honig. This episode was produced by Margaret Kelly and Caroline Chagrin, with editing by Ryan Gavis. Our music is by Alex Schiff. If you've been enjoying Miles Away so far, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you choose to listen. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.